have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Is our prayer, Lord Jesus, today. Speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Talk, tell your neighbor how much you love them. Before I launch into the final message of our series, Love Like Jesus, I want to show a preview uh, video of the next series I want to do. Uh, I did one message out of this series um, several weeks ago, back several months ago, but I thought, you know what, I need to go finish that series. So, uh, series on Elisha, but this is the this is the preview to get us started. Sent his great messenger Elijah to anoint a prophet to follow him. God chose someone ordinary. Elijah found Elisha, a nobody, plowing his father's field. And what was Elisha's response? He burned his plow and left everything he knew to answer God's call. Even the ordinary can be called to greatness. His very first miracle repeated his mentor's last. The rest of Elisha's life was original, surprising. The pages of his life story than anyone's but the Son of God himself. From ridiculous faith and extraordinary tale services. Elisha, a tale of ridiculous faith. So we want to talk about ridiculous faith. I just love that. Ridiculous faith. I don't know some people how they come up with some of these things, but uh, I love the artwork and I love the videos and uh, go right along with our series. So it's going to be great. So come and be ready to study that. And uh, and then following that, we're going to I want to launch into uh, being unashamed and uh, making sure that you're unashamed. By the way, let me mention again these cards. They're on the back table. I have a large stack of them there. We need to give these away to people. Say, invite them to your church. Say, I'd like for you to invite you to come to my church. And if they look skeptical and say, well, I'm not sure if I want to go to church, then you flip it over and say, well, you know, whatever questions you may have, go to this website, find your answer first, and then come to church. So uh, invite them. Take some of these cards. Leave them where you, when you uh, get gas at Quick Trip, leave it on the gas pump. <laughs> you never know who's going to see it next. Hand it to the Quick Trip person or whoever, grocery store, restaurants. Leave them on the table, whatever. Do it. They'll think you're Jehovah's Witness. It won't matter. Just leave them. Just leave it there. It'll be good for you. Okay. So please help me with that. Last series, uh, our last message in our series, Love Like Jesus, uh, want to share with you today about the breaking of bread. Uh, we often talk about why Jesus came. Uh, our theme that we've always had at this church is Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. That's why he came. That's why we should exist as a church, is that we should be out seeking and saving the lost. Those that are lost need to be saved. 
And trust me, there's plenty of them that are lost. There's a lot of them who claim they're Christians who are still lost. Because they've really never been obedient to God. Obedience is critical. You can claim all you want to about being a Christian, but until you learn and begin to practice obedience in the Lord, we just begin to see the fruit of God's Spirit being born forth in your life. But we talk about Jesus and why did He come? Seeking and saving the lost. He came to give His life a ransom for many. He came to be the payment for sins so that we might have life and have it to the full. That's why Jesus came, right? That's what we hear so often. Uh, But how did He come? Well, He came preaching. He came healing. He came teaching. But an often overlooked aspect of Jesus' ministry is found in Luke 7.34 when it says, The Son of Man came how? <laughs> Not only about you, but that's the Jesus I like. The eating and drinking Jesus. Now think about that a minute. He came eating and drinking. So much so that he received criticism. Right? He'd sit down and eat with the goofiest people. And sinners. Of all people, he would sit down and have dinner with sinners. So, you know, when I go out with you guys and I have dinner with you, I'm sitting with sinners. Having dinner. I feel more like Jesus. So thank you for letting me go to dinner with you. Some of you I go with more than others, so you know I rest my case. There's you know, I'm laughing today. What's come on, come on. I don't want to get too serious too fast, but here we go. So in our series, Love Like Jesus, we've talked about learning how to forgive sinners, we've learned how to wash the feet and why we do it. And so today we're going to talk about breaking bread and having meals together and having fellowship together. If you were to study uh, and take a class on New Testament meals, you would find that all of them dealt with community. All the meals in the New Testament are centered around people being together sharing those meals together. Very rarely do you see in the New Testament anybody sitting and eating by themselves. You just don't see it. There was a gathering time for people to come together to eat and to remember the Lord and to fellowship. I read uh, where one guy, uh, when he first got married, he said that uh, the four food groups appeared more like McDonald's, Taco Bell, Wendy's, and Burger King. <laughs> but now that he's graduated from that, his wife's gone more um, natural. And so they're uh, cage-free, almond milk, flaxweed. Then I'd rather go back to the McDonald's and Taco Bell. <laughs> but then that's why I'm like I am, is that I like that more than the flaxseed. I don't know what flaxseed is, but I guess it sounds like it's supposed to be good for you, right? 
The one thing I know about having a meal with even one other person is that I have a time now for intimacy. I have a time now for fellowship. I have a time now to experience presence with that person. Learn more about them. Let them learn more about me. And Jesus used those times when he would be in meals with people, sitting with people, to give of himself. He would reveal much of himself and share what was coming in his life with those that he was sharing that meal with. You could see in community a fellowship that you don't see anywhere else around the table. Our main focus today will be in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. 42 is our memory verse, but I want to pick up a few other verses. If you have your Bibles, let's open there. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now that's our memory verse. It says they devoted themselves to that. If you're devoted, that means you're on it. You're adamant about it. If you're if you're a runner, person that likes to go running, you're adamant about it. And I'm out of the weather. Here I'm out. I've got to go run. I got to go run. Our youngest son Mark has uh, lost quite a bit of weight. He's, he's lost about sixty pounds, uh, but he's still running. He thought he'd never in his whole life ever run a five k, but he's he's done that. He ran a five k, and some of the people from church went out and ran with him. It was a glow run, like late at night, and so they went out and ran with him. That's kind of fun. It's, it's neat that he's got that new experience in his life. Uh, when I was in college, I know it's hard for you to believe, but. I used to run when I was in college. I had a roommate that was an ex-Marine, and so every night we went out running whether I wanted to or not. <laughs> and I was up to about five miles a night. It was great. I, I had no idea that I could do that. Uh, I should have been able to, I should have kept it up, but I didn't. But anyway, you know how that goes. But it says that they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Those four, what I call the four pillars of the church, but I'll focus on the two, the fellowship and the breaking of bread. Every Sunday we break bread together. We call it communion. But we break bread together every Sunday. And we do it as a community. We do it in fellowship one to another. Sometimes we'll take it and we'll have you hold it and we'll all take it in unison but most of the time it's just an individual thing and you do it right there where you're seated and it's a time for you to reconnect with God. But let's keep going. 43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. Underline that word together. And had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together. In the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with gladness and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those 
who were being saved. Now, how in the world would he add those who were being saved? Well, it's because around the table as they visited and talked, they would share the gospel of Christ. These were Jews. And so the Jews who had converted to Christianity would explain to the Jews who hadn't made that conversion why they converted. When you share your testimony, when you give this card out to somebody and they say, they may say to you, well, why do you go to that church? You need to have an answer. You might say, I don't know. Preacher gave me a bunch of these cards. I'm going to give them out. (laughs) That's what you say. Say it. But there ought to be a reason why you come. Amen? That would be a reason. If nothing else, quote the verse. 242, that will work. Is that because I go because of the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer? That will blow them away. I got to do a, a book, not too, not long ago. I, I can't remember exactly how long ago. I can't remember the title of the book. But as I was reading about this book and this article around this book, the, the title is what grabbed me. He says, he says, the problem that air conditioners caused. I thought, really? Air conditioner. Why did an air conditioner cause problems? Well, before we had air conditioning, what did people do in the, after, in the evenings when it got a little bit warm? They went out to the front porch. And from the front porch, they could see neighbors across the street or across the way. And they would wave at each other and they would say hello friend and hello neighbor but once air conditioning was invented what did people do I don't have to go outside and sweat anymore I'll just go inside and shut the door we began to isolate ourselves and then we put up fences and gates to isolate us some more and then we developed online shopping don't have to go to the store. You realize that you can sit from your home, order whatever you want to go shopping for, and they will deliver it to your house. Now you will have to have the effort to open the door to let them in. But you can pay for it all done. And resource you pull up, they have a special spot. You pull up under, they bring it out, they put it in your car, you can't give them a tip. They don't, they can't accept a tip. Man, that's great, isn't it? Cindy said the other night, she said, we need to start using that app where they bring the food to. I said, what in the world? She said, I said, we'll just go out to eat. She said, well, that's the same thing. They'll bring them what we were just going to go eat. They'll just bring it to our house. Online shopping. Some people never go to the store anymore. Maybe that's you. You don't have to. Amazon will deliver it. You have to pay it, you know. Walmart will deliver it to your house in a Walmart box. It says Walmart. Boxes that come to my house say Zulily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, delivered by a drone that drops it on the table, yeah. Garage door openers. We open it before we get in. We drive in and shut it. We keep the neighbors out. We don't want anybody to... Entering machines. Remember when those came in? 
You could screen your calls. Then you could develop caller ID and you could really know who it was. Uh, Instagram. Texting. Aaron's right. Technology is great. However, it's caused us to isolate. My grandchildren, you know, three and, and five, those two can handle an iPad better than I can. I was sitting there yesterday, and one of them said, and the three-year-old says, Grandpa, can I have, can I have your phone? So I handed him the phone. He's gotten, he found the Netflix icon, got Netflix on, found his cartoon. He's three years old. I'm sitting there watching this going, this is nuts. Well, they're smart all right. The verses we read earlier, 42 through 47. If I, if I wrote these verses in today's thought process, it might sound something like this. The Christians were devoted to themselves and occasionally got to church when they had time. No one was filled with awe because there were no signs and wonders performed by any believers. Very few of the believers were together and they had almost nothing in common because they had no real time for each other. If they sold something, they used the money to buy something better for themselves. They ate on their own, kept to themselves, and were too rushed to enjoy one another or give praise to God. They claimed to love God, but they didn't really love each other, and they felt very empty and alone. And as a result, most people disliked them, and very few people ever were saved. That's kind of a sad commentary on who we are today, isn't it? How often do we slow down? You know, one thing that, that I was impressed with with the teacher walkout thing was how many of them rallied together down Oklahoma City. It was kind of neat. This fellow was driving across the bridge and, and they were all standing on the street corner waving at all of us, holding up their signs. And there was a unity behind all that. There was a community involvement behind all that. Because no one likes the legislatures in, and legislators in Oklahoma City. Nobody likes them. Either side of the aisle. Amen? Nobody likes them. We have a worthless governor. Glad she's on the way out. This is a Republican-led state, but you'd never know it with all the tax increases that they've thrown on us. So nobody likes them. How many teachers signed up to become a legislator? I mean, they can make some good money now. <laughs> Being a legislator in Oklahoma City. Kansas, one state away. Their legislature just passed $41 billion, I think it was, for education. Wow. Where do they get more money than we do? I guess they're running parallel lines and drilling all of our oil and pulling it back up to Kansas. That must be what it is. But it's the same within the church. We have forgotten what it means to be part of community. Now we're doing lots of things. We're trying lots of things and we want you to be involved in all the things that we're trying to do here at the church. Men's dinners and other things. You know, come and be a part of those things. Just come and plug in. You will not find a better steak cooked than we had last night. Anywhere. Anywhere. 
You, you just won't. Tyler's still working on those ribs. He's almost got it. Ribs are tough. Well, I mean, I lick the bone dry. I don't know about anybody else, but you know, I'm just saying. You know, he's he's kind of new at it. He's getting it. But ribs are tough to cook anyway. I mean, you got you know, it's a fine art deal. But man, that's no steaks. I don't know how they, and that baked potato that I can't have, but I watched you eat. Mm-hmm. It wasn't much fun, but I enjoyed watching you just lather that thing up with butter and cheese. Glory to God. Yeah, I had broccoli. I did. I did. Uh, thank you. I felt, I felt God. <laughs> oh, mercy. But I will give you two ways that we share the love of Jesus with people. Number one, we need to share with other believers at church. We just need to love coming to church and hanging out with each other. It's fun. High school, we've got a ping pong table back there now. So if you like to play ping pong, go back there and play ping pong. Let's see what you're made of. It'd be great. We're going to have some game systems back there soon and, uh, I don't know how to play. There's too many gadgets on that handle thing. You know, I, take me back to the old Atari thing with a little stick. That's what I need. And one button. Don't give me nine buttons, but just one button. But we'll have those back there. It's all about fellowship. It's all about pulling ourselves together. Having a great time. Hebrews 10.25 And let us consider how we may spur one on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That's such a powerful verse. We, I could spend a whole other sermon just on that verse. But we've got to consider how we're going to spur or stimulate, is another translation you use, stimulate one another. Man, I get a cup of coffee, I'm stimulated. I get a cup of cappuccino, I'm really stimulated. Because it's got enough sugar in it. To, even though it says it's sugar-free, right. Take my blood sugar count right after that, and it's off the chart. But I fool myself by saying it says sugar-free on there. I mean, it said it. Amen. So I drink all I want, sugar-free. But we've got to stimulate each other. We've got we to urge each other toward good works. As we see the day approaching, what day? That's the day of the Lord. He's coming back. He's going to come soon. He's going to come in revival. Revival has got to hit this land, and Jesus is going to come back. Get ready. Get ready. It doesn't matter which political party you're on because they're both corrupt. Oh, my goodness, how corrupt Washington is. And if you send some good people to Washington, guess what? The system corrupts them. But there's still a few running around that are okay. And we've got to pray for them every day. But when you consider 1025, Hebrews 1025, and the gathering together in the church, presence is powerful. When you come to church, you come to church to see somebody. Hey, man, I haven't seen you all week. How are you doing? You hug each other. I love it after church to watch you because you, you gravitate to each other and you haven't talked to each other all week and you've got to talk to each other for just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. I love it. Love it. 
We need to pray for each other. We need to always be looking how we can help each other. We need to just do things together. But in some houses, you can all watch the same movie. One watches it on the TV downstairs, one watches it on the TV upstairs, one watches it on the iPad, one watches it on the phone. <laughs> but you're all watching the same movie. That's a sad commentary on our homes today. If you spent as much time on social media as you did praying, reading the scripture, boy, look how much deeper in God you'd be walking. Second thing you need to learn to share the love of Jesus with people is you need to share it with a committed community of people. The church. Or a small group within the church. Or like Aaron said, you know, uh, at his work he's got guys that he can have Bible fellowship with. Maybe you do it at your job. Maybe you do it at your place of employment. That it's okay to do that and to sit and to, and to have uh, Bible study and share together. But you've got to develop a committed community of people that you are with, that talk the Word, and, 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 and just developing those long-term relationships in the Lord. We've got to have people that have like-mindedness, who love Jesus so much that we'll do, uh, maybe somebody needs a home remodel, well, let's go help them. Let's all show up and help them. Maybe they need landscaping done. Go help them. Let's all just show up. Go do it. You know, we all call Gary and say, Hey, Gary, can you come? And Gary's got nine other people calling him at the same moment. But wouldn't it be great if we could all go? Some of you can do work too. Some of you, I've seen you do it. You can do it. We don't have to wait on Gary to do it all. He did, he did very little in the high school room. It was done by two other people, really one. Corey spent a lot of hours back there. I loved it when they put the fans up. Because the fans are just, they're, they're sitting, going, and all of a sudden they open the door to one of the, clo- uh, the cabinets, and guess what? The fan hit it right in the middle of the door. It was awesome. I thought, wait a minute, did I put this up? <laughs> I mean, where I put it up. But however, they could move it enough just to, boy, now if you, if you, if you throw her up there, it's going to hit that door again. But anyway, it's just, it's so, it's so fun. It's so fun to step back and go, hmm, I wonder why, wonder why we thought to put it there. <laughs> so, but what's fun is the community that put it there. And we need to have more togetherness like that. Providing meals. You're very good at that. Somebody has a need and I call you, boom, you'll get a meal. You'll put it together. And I appreciate you doing that so much. Everybody loves God at church. But do you love God in your marriage? Do you love God with your kids? Do you love God serving? You know, get your kids serving God with you. It'll make a huge difference in their life. And nothing happens by accident. Nothing happens by accident. 
in Acts 2, it says, They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those being saved. You know, when's the last time you invited somebody from church over to your house and just had a, little, had a meal with them? Well, I just, I just don't know them very well. There's a chance to get to know them very, real well. Invite them into your home and have a meal with them. Well, they don't invite me to their home. Okay, you, you start it. Don't wait for somebody. You start it. And you'll just never know what can happen in the community of God when we're doing those things together and fellowshipping and praising and praying and encouraging. Oh my goodness, what can happen within the church? Church can explode at that point because we're doing the things that God wants us to do. Pray with me, would you? Father, I thank you for this time and today and, and the haphazardness of the sermon. I apologize to you about, Lord. But I'm so convinced that our church needs, well, so many things, but it needs fellowship. We need togetherness. And Father, we need to love each other. If everybody in the community would look at our church and say, man, that is the most loving church I've ever seen, we'll be doing something good for your kingdom. So God, would we not be backbiters and nitpickers, but we would be encouragers and lifters. And Father, I pray today that you will move in the hearts of your people in this church building and that they will see an opportunity for themselves to connect deeper. And so God, when we connect deeper, only good things can happen. And we love you. Love you intensely. And help us to always love like your son Jesus showed us how. In his name we pray. Amen.